Welcome to episode 7 of Change Voices, a weekly podcast where we explore the challenges, successes and lessons of leadership through the experiences of diverse women leaders across Africa and beyond. I am your host, Paula Frey. stress in the workplace and quite frankly a little bit of stress can be good as we push ourselves to do better in difficult circumstances. But what do we do when that stress becomes too much? When sustained stress leaves us feeling demotivated and overwhelmed? Our guest this week works in a high stress environment and has pulled together some key strategies for coping. In today's episode, we're joined by the editor of The Herald and Weekend Post newspapers, Robisa Makunga. Robisa has a formidable task. The Port Elizabeth-based publication she edits was started in 1845 and is one of the oldest publications in South Africa. She's tough and direct and dogged in her quest to bring South Africa's the news in all its nitty-gritty detail while upholding the ideals of truth fairness and integrity. These ideals shine through in her 16-year media career, which includes stints as news editor, business and politics editor. Robisa, thank you so much for joining us online from the Eastern Cape today. So Robisa, did you always want to be an editor? So I, I've always wanted to be a journalist. I, um, I've always loved the idea of storytelling, the concept of storytelling, even though I didn't quite know, you know, that it was a whole kind of career. And I went into it very ignorant about what it was about. But I absolutely enjoyed it because it, it really is something that puts you in touch with people, with our country, with South Africans. Yeah, it became a, a natural progression, I suppose, for me, uh, you know, from, from being an intern in the Herald to actually becoming the editor of the publication. So what made you decide, I'm assuming you studied journalism, what made you decide that that was your passion? It's, it's weird because, you know, I went to school, I, I, I've loved write, writing. I was like, look, I'm, I'm passionate about the, the idea of writing and storytelling. And obviously watching news. I mean, if you grew up in South Africa in the 80s, you can't have missed, you know, what was happening in our country. And so I've became uh, quite interested in that. And so going into, into school and understanding, oh, okay, there's actually a thing called journalism. So people actually go to school to, you know, to study for it. And I think after that, I came, I came to the Herald and I said, look, can I have a job? You know, I, I, don't have, I don't have experience. I don't have, I just, can I have a job? And so they gave me a job, and a non-paying one. And they basically asked me kind of volunteer for about three months and then six months. Six months became a year, two years, and 15 years later, yeah, I, I'm editing the publication. It's quite exciting. I hope they started paying you at some point. They did. <laughs> I think at about six months, then they started, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so you work in a very high tension, high stress environment, right? And the, and the Eastern Cape is probably more stressful than, than other places in South Africa. How do you sustain the passion for journalism in an environment like that? Um, I think you just you just do it. The, the passion for me, it's it's really why is it that we do what we do, and what is it that makes us tick about what we do. I honestly have not thought of doing anything else besides journalism because not only really what I've been doing for the last fifteen years, but also when you realize the power of it, 
the power of, staring, of telling the South African story, the power of telling the, the story of the Eastern Cape, basically like a moment in history. And, and yes, you're right, it's quite stressful every day. But I think once you surround yourself with a very strong support system and just trying very much whatever happens to be mentally healthy, to take care of oneself from day to day, you know, all the stresses of day to day, you really are able to handle them with a strong support system, with good systems, even in the newsroom. I think you're able to handle them. Mm. But Lisa, how do you re-energize after periods of sustained work, after periods of sustained stress? How do you find yourself again? Um, I go out with my girlfriends. <laughs> I found, <laughs> I found it, you know, that, that, that helps. That, that really does help. I think a lot of us do underestimate the need for good support systems. I think we really don't understand the power of that. And I think for me, it's really being able to step out of, not only of the newsroom, but to step out of the news cycle. And it's a thing that one must put effort into doing because naturally as journalists, we're curious. So you want to watch on TV what's happening. You want to check on Twitter what's happening. But there are times where you really do need to shut down from everything and, and kind of go into a place, even if it's not physically to a place, but go into a place where you are able to find peace as a person, not just as a journalist, but just peace as a person and do the things that you, you enjoy doing and being with the people that you enjoy being. And it may differ, obviously, from person to person, but for me, it's quite important to be able to pull out of the daily uh, red race, as it were, and try and find oneself again and reflect on what it is that is really important. Mm. I and mean, one of the things that really impresses me about you is that on the one hand, you have this very high-powered job that takes up quite a lot of your time, that takes up quite a lot of your headspace. But on the other hand, you're also, you know, there's obviously the mother, there's the wife, there's the girlfriend, you know, there's the daughter, there's just so many different facets of you. And that you're always giving space to each of them. Is that a deliberate strategy on your part? It is. It it absolutely is. I, I always say, yes, I'm a journalist, but I would not be able to do what I do if it wasn't for the fact that I am a wife, I am a mother, um, I am a daughter, I'm a friend, because it's through those relationships that really one finds strength. And there's something very important, I think I mentioned earlier about mental health. And I think it's through sometimes those relationships that one is able to relax and just be. If you feel weak, you are weak at this stage. If you feel strong, you're strong. And for me, it's a deliberate thing to say, look, journalism is one of the things that I do. Journalism is one of the things that I am. But it's not all that there is to my life. It's not all that there is to me. And so uh, it's important for me to be with my son. It's important to me to be with my husband, with my mother, my girls, and, and, and just to, to be and, and, and to enjoy uh, you know, life to its fullest and not be consumed only by one uh, facet of one's life. Mm. Well, have you always been like this? Or did you at some point in your life say, I need to be more all round. I need to be more focused on taking care of myself. It's actually quite weird because I think, I mean, I started journalism 15 years ago, but even then I was that person, I think watching my parents, watching my grandparents especially, and knowing that a career is really kind of one part of who you are and what you do and not believing that it's all that there is to a person. And so I've always been, I mean, I grew up in a very loving family and so I've always been very family oriented, family oriented as well as friends, um, you know, good friends and good laughs and really having a good time. So I've always been that it's in, and I was, quite fortunate to continue having that in my life throughout the career. And I think it's really part of the basis of why I've had career as I've had, you know, in in the last couple of years. Mm. So um, apart from nurturing your relationships with people around you, do you practice other forms of self-care? 
Um, I should. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I should. It's, it's actually quite weird. I was talking about it with a colleague now to say one of the things that I'm finding more and more difficult to do is just taking care of, of oneself. So physically going to gym, yoga and those kinds of things. I'm really finding that I don't know if it's just me being lazy suddenly or, or, or what, but I, I believe in doing that. I believe in energizing one's mind, doing all the things that are good for one's personal being and, and health. Yeah. So I want to just ask for a moment, if, if, have you found, ever found yourself in a position or a job that wasn't a good fit? And if you have, what did you do to work yourself out of that space? I have. I mean, it was, it was still journalism. It was still what I wanted mm. to do. It was quite a, a toxic environment. And, mm. and I think sometimes it didn't matter how much I was able to handle it, but it did eat me up. And I really had to, at some stage, take the leap of faith and basically say, look, I've got to leave this because it was not good for me as a person. It was breaking me and just breaking my spirit down. And I left. I left that particular job and I came back. And it was a challenging thing to do because obviously there's fear, fear of the unknown, you know, what am I going to do? But I was fortunate still to be accepted where I am and just kind of slip back to the newsroom and be absolutely fine again. So what advice then, Marisa, would you give other people or women particularly who are still trying to find their space or might be in the wrong space? So, so two things I think are important. The one is, as you're saying, finding your space. I think a lot of, in particular women, we have this notion of, okay, so I get a job and that's basically what I do and I don't really have other options, but not this thing that you put at. And you keep on trying hard, but you realize you just really don't fit. It's something that really breaks you down as a person. And for me, it's finding out, it's going out there and forming relationships with people who are in the know and people who are able to say, look, this is what I think you can do. These are the options that may be available to you. It's important that one is, is healthy, is in this healthy space. Uh, yes, of course, we're not always going to be happy you know, at work, but you know when something is really breaking you down as a person rather than just things that frustrate you about daily work. So the one is find out what it is that you can do, find out where you can go for help, find out who you can approach to be able to assist and, and help work yourself out of that position. Um, and I think the second thing for me is that when you do find what it is that is a fit for you to really run with it and leave it good track record, we always talk about whatever it is that you do, your footprints that you leave in your journey must speak a lot volumes about who you are as a person and be able to be your PR and tell your story of this is what I can do and this is the character of the person that I am. And so I think to sit in a toxic environment, in a toxic situation that you know is breaking you down is really not worth it. Get out and do find out, get help, speak to people, form structures, be part of them and, and get help. What about mentors? Um, what role have mentors played in your career and how important are they? Very powerful, very powerful. The thing about it is that Sometimes when you're in a situation, and I've had this, when you're in a situation, you are just unable to see the way out. And I've had conversations with people, including yourself, Paula, um, where you say, but have you looked at it this way? Have you looked at it this way? Because sometimes what happens is because you can't see, your view is very much limited to just the pain that you are feeling at any particular time. But if you are able to kind of step back and have people who help you to step back, they look, this is how you may approach this. Yes, you are feeling this way, but perhaps this is the best way of handling it. And also people who have walked the journey before you, who tell you, look, this, this is my experience. We can learn a lot, I think, in my view, from other people's experiences. And for me, it's precisely been that. I've had the privilege of being able to call up people and say, look, I'm drowning in this area. How do I handle this? How do I handle that? And it's precisely because of that that has been able to propel me forward so far. How do you overcome 
that fear of asking for help that's often driven by the belief that if you ask for help, it's a sign of weakness. How did you overcome that fear to be able to ask for help and receive help? I think I've learned uh, that all of us do need help. I've learned that we cannot think that just because you see people walking around looking like they've got it all figured out, that actually nobody, nobody has. That, you know, every single one of us uh, with the challenges that we face in the fast developing world, uh, we do need help. So for me, if I come to you and I ask for help and you turn that around and make it worse for me, that's really your baby. It's your yeah. burden. I walk away and I ask somebody else. I don't think that how people receive my asking for help is a reflection on me at all. I think that if I am asking for help and you're able to give it, fantastic. If I do ask for help and you can't do it and you, you kind of sabotage me, well, that's really kind of your thing to deal with. I'm able to regroup and walk away and ask the next person because I know what it is that is important. And what's important is that I am able to go ahead and get help rather than be consumed by people who may not want that to happen. Great. And on that very, very strong note, I say thank you very, very much. So let's recap. We must pay attention to our mental health, says Nobisa, who has some good tips on how to sustain yourself in a high-stress environment. It really starts by ensuring that the work you do is aligned with your values and that you're passionate about it. Then Nobisa advises that we surround ourselves with a strong support system inside the workplace as well as outside the work environment. Sometimes, however, that is not enough and we need to take ourselves out of the toxic environment either completely or long enough to replenish our strength and to continue. Finally, she advises that we are not defined by our work but by the many roles we embrace. You can find more information about the work we do and the Change Voices podcast on our website freyintermedia.com or on our social media platforms at Frey Intermedia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Remember that if you have any specific women in mind that you'd like to hear from, or if you want to support our endeavor, then you can contact me directly at pfrey at freyintermedia.com or direct message me on social media. Please do subscribe so that you don't miss out on our next conversation and rate us on whichever platform you happen to be listening in. Thank you for your time and for joining us for today's discussion. Next week, we'll chat about peace building in our communities with Flight Lieutenant Kira Tulane Fatima. Until then, let's lead. <laughs>